Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. Today is part two of our Bible teaching series on spiritual warfare. Not just what kind of war are you in or who is your enemy, but what are the weapons that you're gonna use to your advantage to make sure you win the war? Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and on today's episode of PIJN News, we are continuing our four-part Bible study series on spiritual warfare. Today is part two in this four-part series, and today we're gonna talk about the weapons of our warfare. The weapons of our warfare. In part one, you gotta go back and get the series to, to find part one, or look on our website, PrayInJesusName.org. But in part one, we talked about who is the battle against? Who is with us? Who is, who is against us? Where is the battlefield? What are some of the uh, exchanges that happen in the battle for control of our mind is the first part of controlling our spirit and, and winning the war for the Lord against the devil. We already talked about that. And today, we're gonna talk about the spiritual weapons of our war. What do you mean weapons? Well. Wouldn't it be a tragedy if you were, were called out to, be, to go to battle, right? And, and I'm a 20 year veteran, maybe some of you are veterans, or you know somebody who is. Can you imagine sending them out into the battlefield without any guns, without any airplanes, without any boats or ships? How would the Navy win a war? Well, you can't, you need weapons. And in the same metaphor, right, now when we apply that to spiritual warfare, we need some ammo, right? We need some weapons. And the Bible talks about that metaphorically. Uh, Paul talks about the weapons of our warfare when he talks about our spiritual armor. Now let's talk about spiritual armor. This is a metaphor for what does a soldier dress up like when he goes to war? Well, you can picture the old Roman centurions that Paul probably had in mind when he taught the Bible in Ephesians chapter six. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Isn't that interesting? His might is where we get our strength. It's not human might, it's not physical calories or, or thank God, right? Because I'm not too strong in the weight room anymore. But being strong in the Lord and in his might gives you a whole different perspective. Now I'm gonna read through this whole verse and then we'll go back and pick it apart. But it says, put on the whole armor of God. Why? so that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. The devil, what do you mean? Are we wrestling against demons? Well, yes. He says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, verse 10, but against the rulers, the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces in, of evil in the heavenly places. We covered this verse yesterday. Now I'm gonna take the next part of it. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. He says, he repeats it, the armor of God? What do you mean, we're wearing battle armor? Why? So that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Let's pause right there for a second. There is a, there is a spiritual armor that you have to begin to put on every day. When you wake up in, out of bed, 
some people like to have, have a little mental exercise and they begin to put on the different parts of themselves that Paul's about to explain, six different pieces of spiritual armor, just like a Roman centurion would dress up in his physical armor to fight a good battle. Well, here are the elements that we're gonna get into. Stand therefore, he says, having fastened on the belt of truth. Let's pause right there for a second. Keep the scripture up. But the belt of truth, as you, as you begin to you know, picture this warrior putting on the tool belt or Batman's utility belt, right? Where he kept the bat hook and the batarang and, and the bat shark repellent and all the things that he had. Well, if you don't have a belt, you don't have a place to hang these weapons. And what Paul is saying here is that the truth of your mind, the truth of the word of God, the Bible, renewing the truth in your mind is the first place where you're gonna hang all these other weapons. Because once you have the belt, once your mind is secure in the truth of the word of God, you've gotta study your Bible. You've gotta know right from wrong. You've gotta know the truth of God from the deception of the devil. Otherwise, you can never have control of your mind. You'll never have anywhere else to put You'll have no use for these other five weapons. Well, what's number two? Number two is the breastplate of righteousness. I think he's literally talking about what Jesus did for us on the cross. When Jesus' blood that he shed on the cross, the righteousness of God, he becomes the covering. He becomes the, the, the part that covers our heart. The, the belt of truth, truth covers the mind, right? But the breast, righteousness covers the heart, right over the breastplate. And when you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, his blood that he shed on the cross is your righteousness. You don't have to worry about your past sins, they're forgiven, you can let them go, but Jesus becomes the shield that is right over you. Okay, part three. The shoes for your feet having been put on and the readiness given by the gospel of peace. The shoes have to do with where you're gonna go. If you're called as a missionary, it's, it's connected, shoes are connected to the gospel. And what's the gospel? The gospel of peace. When you go out to the world and you're proclaiming Jesus as Lord, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're having those shoes on, shoes on your feet, why? So you can go, 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 go. That's the Great Commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples of all men. When you put those shoes of the gospel on your feet, you're ready to go out into battle. Not just against the devil, but to win the world, to win souls. What's the fourth tool in the toolbox? In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. You picture a great shield of faith. I'm a fan of Marvel comic movies. I picture Captain America, right? He's got the great shield. It's got the, the star right on it. What if you had a spiritual shield of faith and every time, pew, 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 every time the devil flung a little flaming dart at your mind, pew, you could knock it off away and, and protect yourself with what? Faith. It's not the shield of doubt, right? That would absorb and, and invite the flaming darts of doubt, of, of temptation, of sin. But the shield of faith repels the sin, repels the temptation, repels the thoughts of the devil because your mind and your heart are filled with faith, belief, surrender of your mind. That's the one word uh, summary I can, I can give to the word faith is surrender. What are we surrendering? We're surrendering our mind. 
Christ, rule my mind, rule my heart. That's true faith. The devil doesn't have that kind of faith. What's the fifth element? The helmet of salvation. Take the helmet of salvation, right? Salvation comes from the Lord and uh, Jesus is our salvation. When you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you put that helmet over your mind and suddenly Christ is over your mind. You have the mind of Christ. It's over your, your head, but it's also protecting every part of the central nervous system that controls the other parts of your body. Christ is the Lord, not, of, not just of your spirit, but of your mind, your soul, and ultimately your physical body too. But when you take upon yourself the helmet of salvation, what Jesus purchased for you on the cross, it controls and protects your mind against some of those same darts that are coming against your shield, the shield of faith. Finally, the only offensive weapon named here as number six, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The word of God, you know, the Bible. When you have the sword, right? And you picture this is the offensive weapon that you can go against, not your neighbor. We're not beating anyone over the head with the Bible. We're using the word of God against the devil. And the devil is spoken, you know, when the sword of, of, of the Lord comes out of our lips through the word of God, it's almost like a sword that goes and it cuts asunder the dividing of soul and spirit in other people. It's an offensive weapon to save their souls or to save ourselves from the temptation of the devil. The devil is cut down every time through, and he concludes with this. This is technically maybe a seventh part of, of the sword, but praying at all times in the spirit and with all kinds of prayer and supplication. We'll have an entire series, uh, entire segment, part four is about prayer. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. You are to be uh, committing all of these six elements of, of warfare, the, the tools of your armor, commit them to prayer because prayer connects us with the spirit of the Lord. He gives us our strength. He is our strength and prayer and that communication with the Lord gives you the power. The power to do what? Well, as I implied before, we're sent out as missionaries. Oh, I'm not a missionary. That's just somebody who goes into foreign fields. You know, every time you leave your church, you're being sent into a foreign land. Even if it's your own neighborhood, even if you grew up in that neighborhood, this is not where you belong. You are now a citizen of heaven and you're sent here as an ambassador to win the lost in your own neighborhood. And you're being sent out as Jesus sent the disciples when he proclaimed in Matthew 10. And proclaim as you go saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You received without paying, give without pay. Don't acquire any gold or silver or copy for your, copper for your belts. It's not about money. This world is not about collecting a bag for your journey. Don't even bring fancy clothes, right? No, don't bring two tunics or a staff or a sandal. The laborer deserves his food. When you're being sent out as missionaries into the world, God gives you that spiritual armor and, and we're gonna take a short break. When we come back, what, it, what happens with that spiritual armor, the authority of the believer? How did the disciples use it? Not just when the 12 were sent out in Matthew 10, but when the 72 were sent out in Luke 10 after this.
If you live in Colorado or are willing to come to Colorado Springs, I wanna treat you to a free steak dinner or chicken or fish, but we are having a gala fundraising charity event on the night before Veterans Day. It's gonna be Thursday, 10 November, and you can sign up right now when you visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org. Click on the word event, or call us toll free right now at 866-Obey-God and press option five. Why are we giving away a free dinner? Because we want you to help us change the world. We're doing three important things here. We're broadcasting the gospel on television. We're funding and supporting orphans and children in India, and we are defending religious freedom, especially for our troops. Our guest speaker is retired three-star general Rod Bishop. Also, Audrey Beckett will be there. She'll be back fresh from India. And I, Dr. Chaps, you wanna have dinner with me, don't you? Sign up today or call us at 866-Obey-God. Thanks for coming. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my original My Slippers are back in stock. You've made them a huge success, and now I've added smaller sizes, larger sizes, wide sizes, and all new colors. And with your promo code, you still save $90 a pair. Not only that, I'm having the biggest closeout sale ever on our sandals and slides for as low as $19.98. What makes my slippers different is my exclusive four-layer design that you're not going to find in any other slippers. My slippers' patented layers make them ultra-comfortable, extremely durable, and they help reduce stress on your feet. Wear them anytime, anywhere. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code to save $90 on my original My Slippers, or for as low as $19.98, you can get our sandals or slides. Quantities won't last long, and with my 60-day money-back guarantee, you can rest assured they'll be the most comfortable footwear you'll ever own. Defending your religious freedom. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Chaps. We're continuing part two of four in our Bible teaching series on spiritual warfare. And this is a follow up series to our original teaching on discerning of spirits. If you don't have the Bible teaching series, 17 parts, all the mentions in the Bible on the gift of discerning of spirits, you can look for that on our website, PrayInJesusName.org. But today we're continuing about this idea of what, it, what happens when you get the armor? Well, then you go out into battle. Well, the first battlefield is your mind, the second battlefield is the world. You're sent out as missionaries, just the same way Jesus sent out the 12 disciples in Matthew 10. He, did you know he sent out 72 of his followers in Luke chapter 10 to do what? To engage in their new understanding of the authority of the believer. One of my uh, Bible teaching mentors, Ted Beckett, always used to talk about Luke 10 and the authority of the believer. Did you know you can command the demons and they have to obey you? Now this is a, a novel element of spiritual warfare. Most people don't even try to do this, right? But Jesus told the 72 disciples, how much more is he telling you today to follow his instructions in Luke 10? The 72 returned, the Bible says, with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus said this, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Now this is fascinating. Jesus sent out the 72 and gave them authority. Everybody say that word, authority. 
Now I'm a 20 year veteran, I understand authority, right? It's when the commander has the authority to tell the soldier to obey and that soldier must obey. That's power, that's real authority. But that's a metaphor for the spiritual authority that God gives you as the believer. Jesus is the, is the general, right? You're the officer and you're commanding the demons. They're little soldiers and they have to obey you. When you command them to leave, they must obey your authority, just like they were in the arm of the Lord. But they're subject to you and your authority. When the disciples cast demons out of people and the demons obeyed them, the disciples were surprised. Jesus says, don't be surprised, don't even celebrate. Instead, just be glad that you're going to heaven one day. But oh, by the way, you should go out and cast out demons. Well, here's this idea of exorcism. Let's talk about exorcism for a moment. Did you know Matthew, Mark, and Luke are full of stories about exorcism? The Gospel of John has no record uh, stories of exorcism. Why? Well, we get into that because John's all about discerning of spirits. But Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus cast out demons, the disciples cast out demons, and they commanded them, cast out demons. Why would you do that? Why would you get into that? What is exorcism? Well, first you have to understand how demons get into people and then how you can keep them out of people. In Matthew 12, Jesus gave this instruction. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest but doesn't find any. Then the unclean spirit, the demon, says, I will return to my house from which I came. In other words, the person that the demon came out of, it wants to go back into that same person. And when it comes, it finds the house or the person empty, swept, and put in order. And then the demon goes and brings with it seven other spirits, more evil than itself, and they enter back into that same person and they dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than at the beginning, worse than at the first. So it will be with this evil generation. Isn't that fascinating? Let me tell you there is a connection between sins and demons. We're gonna get into that in a second here. But why, after a person has had an exorcism, why does the devil try to come back in? Because we open up our house, our being, to sin. And then the demon comes in seven times stronger and then you can never cast it out. So when you have an exorcism, don't go back to sin. Jesus encouraged people, stop sinning lest something worse happen to you. Let's talk about the connection between sins and demons. I wanna to get to 1 John chapter three. 1 John chapter three says this, whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason God, the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed remains in him. He cannot go in sinning because he's been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. These are deep thoughts. I want you to think about that while we take this commercial break and then we'll talk about another exorcism story up next. Dr. Chaps will be right back with more PIJN News. Do you need a physical or spiritual healing? Are you being tested or tried? When Jesus needed to pray, he went to the garden of Gethsemane. 
Do you need to really connect with God? If you're visiting Colorado Springs, come see the Gateway Prayer Garden just south of the city along Interstate 25. Walk our prayer trails among the trees by the beautiful Fountain Creek. Stand at the foot of our large cross and connect with Jesus. Enter our life-size replica of the empty tomb and spend time reading key Bible verses etched in stone along our ground cross as big as a football field. Join our worship gatherings and plan to attend our annual Easter sunrise worship service. We're located off I-25, exit 132A at 8035 Bandley Road, just north of the KOA campground. Experience Jesus at gatewayprayergarden.org. That's gatewayprayergarden.org. Do you ever pray and sometimes you feel like your prayers are hitting the ceiling and they don't get to God or maybe you don't get the result that you hoped for? I'm Dr. Chaps and I wanna make available to you a new resource, a four part video Bible teaching series on how to pray effective prayers. Did you know God has given us instructions in the Bible? For example, in 1 Timothy 2, there are four different Greek words for four different kinds of prayers, supplication, petition, intercession, and thanksgiving. If you don't understand the way God teaches us to pray, then we cannot expect the result for which we hope. I'm asking you to get this important Bible video teaching series on DVD for a suggested donation of only $30. Call us right now at 866-Obey-God. Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Or visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org and get this important video resource for your family. Call us right now. Empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, talking about spiritual warfare. Uh, you say, chaplain, I'm worried I might have a demon inside of me. Well, here's an easy solution and that is confess your sins. Jesus will forgive you. Okay, the devil will come out of you. It's, it's actually very simple to receive an exorcism personally. It begins with Romans 10 and verse nine. That if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Why? For with the heart, one believes and is justified, and the mouth, one confesses and is saved. You've gotta get the devil out of you and get Jesus into you. And let me tell you a story about when I was a Navy chaplain. As a young chaplain, I was uh, assigned to a ship, but before I got to the ship, I was at the base chapel, and this young woman came in for counseling. And I was feeling very moved by the Spirit of the Lord that day. I was, I was weeping in prayer and, and suddenly this young woman comes in and says to me, chaplain, I need your help, I'm in trouble. And I, I said, why, why what, what's the matter? How can I pray with you? Young sailor, uh, woman, she says, chaplain, I was abused at my last command by a man, physically abused and I, I'm damaged spiritually and emotionally. Uh, in fact, he's, he, they're accusing me of wanting to have sex with him, but I know that's not true, chaplain, because I'm a lesbian. And she confessed her own sin right there. And we had a moment of prayer. And I asked her a simple question. I said, you know, I'm so sorry for what happened to you. The way this man abused you probably caused you to hate men. She's like, oh no, it happened long before that. I hated men when my uncle abused me, when my father abused me. I said, let me ask you this. How would Jesus have treated you if Jesus were your father, were your uncle, were your brothers, 
were this sailor? How would Jesus have treated you? She said, oh, chaplain, Jesus would have treated me with love and respect, like, like, like I'm a beautiful woman. I said, is it possible that the devil was inside of these men who abused you? She said, yeah, they sure were not following Jesus. I said, let me ask you this. If Jesus were inside of them, would they have treated you better? Yes. If the devil was inside of them, would they have abused you? Yes. Well, I know what happened. Satan attacked you through these men that you hate. And I have a solution for you. If you pray with me, you can get married to Jesus and he will be the first man who ever loves you, respects you, treats you with grace, treats you like a queen, and he can become your husband. Would you marry Jesus today? And we prayed a simple prayer like this. Father in heaven, I renounce my hatred of men as a sin, and instead I receive Jesus as the first man that I will allow to love me. Jesus, I receive you as my husband. In Jesus' name, amen. I asked her if she meant that prayer. She said, yes, absolutely, chaplain. I said, now you foul spirit of, of lesbianism, I command you to come out of her in Jesus' name. And she began to weep with joy. And the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ came into her, filled her spirit with himself. That young woman got baptized, uh, renounced her sins, and last I, I talked to her, she was dating boys and had completely been cured of the sin of lesbianism. Maybe that's you, or maybe you have a different issue. Would you pray with me today? Let's pray. Father in heaven, I renounce my sin of sexual immorality, and I know people have hurt me, but it's not their fault. Instead, Jesus, I trust you as the first man that I can invite into my heart. I forgive them, and now, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. Jesus, come into me with your love and let me rule my heart as my Lord and Savior, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed with me, I want you to pick up the phone and call us at 866-Obey-God. Call us today, 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. On tomorrow's show, uh, or the next program, we'll talk about part three in spiritual warfare. Hi, I'm Dr. Chaps. You know, I've been spending time in prayer and the word and for years I've been teaching about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, how you can experience the power of God in your life for your own personal or prophetic ministry, just like they experienced in Acts chapter two in the Bible, when the apostles were all gathered in the upper room and the power of God descended upon them and they began to speak with other tongues. You know now up to 800 million Christians worldwide have experienced the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's for today, it's for you. And you can have this, or at least the teaching about it, when you visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. Click on the online bookstore at the top, and you can get this new product for a suggested donation of $30. We'll mail it to you right away. Or you can call us at 866-Obey-God. Operators are standing by to pray with you or to order this powerful teaching series. Every mention in the New Testament of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We talk about the powered gifts of the Holy Spirit. We talk about church history of speaking in tongues and great interviews with Lana Heitley and Charles Johnson. 
you need this product. It'll energize you. Call us right now at 866-Obey-God. For a suggested donation of $30, you get this new DVD teaching on the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Call us today at 866-Obey-God. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best financial donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll-free right now, 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. 